Get ready for brilliant people, brilliant ideas, and a regular good time. This is Brilliant Thoughts with Success People editor Tristan Almada, the show that thinks about how personalities, relationships, and communication shape business success. And now here he is, Tristan Almada. Today on Brilliant Thoughts, I've got Elena Cardone, and Elena has a wide range of success from acting in Hollywood to lifelong competitive sports shooter. She's an author, a businesswoman, empire builder, event producer, mentor, public speaker, trainer, and visionary. She's also the author of the best-selling book, Build an Empire, How to Have It All, as well as the executive producer of the annual 10X Ladies event and Build an Empire Mastermind event. Elena also has her own show, which you may have seen. It's called Women in Power and also co-hosts the very popular G&E show with her husband, Grant Cardone. Now, she also has two amazing daughters, Sabrina and Scarlett, along with two cats, Cash and Flo, in Miami Beach. Let's welcome Elena Cardone to Brilliant Thoughts. Welcome to Brilliant Thoughts, a success podcast. And today we've got Elena Cardone, who needs no introduction. Just go on Google or social media and you will find out who she is pretty quickly. Elena, thanks for being on. Oh, awesome. Thanks for having me. Well, so many cool things that I've heard about you. But look, I did a little bit of research and I found that you're originally from Spain. Is that right? I was born an American citizen on Spanish soil, so unfortunately I can't claim the Latin blood, but, you know, some could dispute that and say because <laughs> I was actually born there that that does kind of like, you know, kind of, I'm grandfathered in, so to speak. So maybe. That might be true. Maybe. That might be true. Maybe. Maybe the Spaniards will claim me. I would be quite honored yeah. if that were the case. That's so cool. Now, how long how long were you there for? One year. <laughs> oh, nice. Year. Just enough. I don't even remember Spain, but I have been back to Spain since then, and it's a beautiful country. And I do feel very connected to the people. So, so I want to be an honorary um, Spaniard, Latina, but uh, I don't know. Maybe I have to earn some street cred or something first. No, you already have that, so you're good. <laughs> you're, you're definitely good. All right, Elena, let's let's get right into this. So, I've watched some of the videos that you've done, and you have an amazing presence on stage and when you speak. And you mentioned something that not not everybody understands fully, and I think that we need just to understand your point of view on this. When you say the woman behind the man, right? What do you mean by that? And how can people embrace that as, as women? Yeah. Well, it's interesting, you know, because we talk about all of these concepts and these words and people get hung up on, on phrases and nomenclature a lot. I know a lot of my ladies want me to say, I'm the woman beside the man and don't diminish yourself and not hide in the shadows and you're in the background and yada, yada, yada. Well, I learned early on, you know, when I first started to, to date Grant, even before we were married, some of his friends and even family were like, oh, she's a gold digger. And I remember that phrase really bothered me because I moved to Los Angeles at 17 years old. I knew no one. I was reared to believe I had to be the strong, powerful, independent woman, never depend on a man for anything. So I had my own acting career. I had bought my own house and my own cars and no man was going <laughs> to buy me. And when I was called a gold digger, you know, I would use any excuse to get out of a relationship anyway, because I never thought of myself as that I would ever be married or have kids because I was like, I'm going to do my career. And I, I just, I just kind of had that mentality. So getting back to gold digger, and then I'll segue over to the woman behind the man. But 
So I remember I was like, I don't need this and I don't need him and, you know, to hell with that. And it was this friction point where I didn't want to deal with his people. So I was ready to walk away from the relationship even. It was a number of other things, but that was the straw that broke the camel's back. I'm like, I'm not going to be some, be thought of as some subservient woman, gold digger, you know, like needing a man. Like that was the worst insult you could have given me at that time. But what I learned from that was, I could do that option and then they win, you know, because I wouldn't have the life that I have today because of what we've created. Or I could learn how to use something and, and, and turn it around and make it become my asset. So instead I just owned and embraced it. And I said, you know what? I am a gold digger because I dig for gold in myself. And because I do that, I am then able to dig for it in others. And I am not happy being with someone who's comfortable and life is good. And I love them just the way they are. I I don't. If you do, that's good for you. That's not good for me. I'm constantly evolving and changing. And so must my partner or I'm falling out of love because I'm walking down a path. I'm moving forward. And if you're staying behind, I'm not interested in that part anymore. I'm interested in the forward part. So I started just saying I'm a gold digger and owning it. And I I even wrote a chapter in my book called Become a Gold Digger. And it was the first time I learned how to use what was there. So cut two. You know, all these people say, oh, stop saying you're the woman behind the man, behind the man, behind the man. It's beside the man. You know, in my head when I'm talking, I can't get it right. I'm like, oh, because I don't have a hang up on it. So I finally decided to own it, uh, you know, and and once I own it, other people can have it because it's not like this this misunderstood notion like gold digger. So my vision of woman behind the man is a woman who is powerful enough, who is strong enough. You know, the definition of support means to bear the weight of. So I envision myself behind this powerful man who is standing there that if that man were to ever falter or fall, that, you know, if he was ever to come back, I can be there to push him up and say, no, hell no, that's not happening on my watch because I am strong enough to bear the weight of him and everything that comes along with that and own my own identity identity and still be able to not be in the shadows because, you know, because I'm not an in the shadows kind of woman. I can still maintain who I am and support my man and depend on a man and have him depend on me and still be powerful. So that's kind of the vision that I have. I take complete ownership. I have no uh, humiliation about being the, the role that I have played in the empire, which is the supporting team, you know, and of course we're equal in marriage, you know, we're not equal in all aspects of it though. In business, you know, there's not many people who know more than him. He knows more in business when it comes to running the family unit and all the roles and the behind the scenes operations, there's no way he could do what I do. Like I'm (laughs) so far superior in that area, but I run my divisions and he runs his divisions and we're not attacking each other, fighting to be the number one over these cross selected spots. It's no, you go be the general of your area. I'm the general of my areas. And we do that to be the best in each of our areas to get us as a couple to a heightened level of success. So we're on the same page with the same purpose, even though we have our roles delegated differently based on our strengths and weaknesses, not male, female, even though mine personally do traditionally model themselves that way. It just so happened that that's just what happens to be my strengths and his strengths just kind of fit in the male, female, but it has nothing to do with that. That's not how we delegated them up. We delegated them up based on our strengths and weaknesses. All right. That, that's a great answer. Now I have questions on that though. How did you get to that point to have a relationship like that? Was it through massive failure or was it kind of like always like that from the beginning saying, Oh God, no. Like, We were married and for the first four years of our marriage, 
uh, maybe even five years. Uh, no, four years because 2008 occurred. We were married July 4th, 2004. Um, and for the first four years, we weren't able to gain traction. Grant was successful. I was, you know, semi-successful, nowhere near the league he's at, but we were constantly fighting. So I'm creating on my thing all day. He was creating on his thing all day. And when we came home, we were kind of tearing it apart. So we could never get ahead because we were kind of like hamsters in a wheel. Yeah. I was vying for certain positions. He was vying for certain positions. And the game became us kind of, you know, tit for tat and, and kind of attack each other. Uh, 2008 came and I certainly pre 2008, I was doing the Elena show. Like I didn't get married until I was 30. Like I said, I moved to Los Angeles at 17. I was used to being lady boss. Like no one's telling me anything. So it was really difficult now that I was married to like have to take somebody else into consideration. And not only that, like even be willing to serve him, you know, like I'm not kidding. I was so deranged making him a meal was a big deal to me. I was like, I will do that when I want to, but do not expect that because I am not the kind of woman that's going to be in the kitchen. You did not marry that. So he was having to deal with all of these issues that I had. But in 2008, I was pregnant with our first child. My acting career had just come to a complete halt. 2008 happened. His career had just come to a complete halt. We were under a major massive lawsuit for the first time, some other things, some whatever. It was, we were going to sink or maybe survive. And I thought to myself at the time, the only way I have a chance of surviving now is if I'm willing to trade in my acting career in order to trade up to this vision that I had of an empire that we could possibly create. And I had it all in my head and what it would look like and me running the behind the scenes operations and who, how to, how to, how to bring all the assets and strengths to the team in order to boost him in order to, for him to get all the water out of the ship so that we could survive. Mm. And, and that was the first moment where I had to look at my issues and I had to confront that, you know, if I sold out and didn't become like, like this actress that I wanted to be, that I was selling out women all across the world. And I had all the voices like, oh, you're going to do all of that. And then he's going to leave you for someone who's younger than you anyway. You know, these are the things that women have to deal with from a woman's perspective, right? Yeah. About being willing to go all in on a guy. And in spite of all of those voices and letting women down all over the world, and now I'm giving up my thing to, to go be a housewife, you know, um, I just decided, you know what? I can't live for the voices real or imagined in my head. I have to take my first entrepreneurial move, which is making something, putting something at risk without knowing if it was going to pay off. And I said, if the worst thing that happens and he leaves me for some other young woman, I'm strong enough. I will be humiliated. Yes, but I'll land on my feet and I'm not a victim. So once I knew that, I was like, you know what? I'm going to be okay. I'm going all in. And that's when I said to him, I was like, Grant, this is the future I want to create. This is how I see it. These are the roles. This is how we're going to work, you know, out and, and work in a coordinated, collaborated effort together to get us out of this and then get us to the heightened level of success. You're going to execute. And I brought out that whip. Get to work, boy. Get back to work. You never, you never heard me say, why have you been out working so long? You know, uh, when, when are you going to come spend time with me? You heard me say when he walked in the door and I said, how was your day, honey? And he said, it was horrible. It was a bad day today. And I said, well, what are you doing home? Get back out and go sell something. When you feel good, come home, but don't bring that other thing home to me. That's not your role, you know? So That's that was awesome. the moment that I reworked the psychosis in my head. Look at that, and I, I strongly believe that that relationship that, that you've created, right, is, is so key to be able to grow together massively because there's always this fear some people have in relationships, right? Where 
some people out there, and there's nothing wrong or right, it just depends on where you want to go in life, right? That say, hey, look, it's kind of that time right now. Can you like just put your phone down or can you stop working at this time, right? And and I don't know. It's just some people have these these beliefs that you can still do that and still grow absolutely like no limits type growth. And you can't have both, right? I I, I agree with that. I mean, look, for me, it's a personal thing. Um, it's what do you want and where do you want to go? And figuring that out with your spouse yeah. or your partner or even your partners in life, you know, um, even if they're platonic with your business relationships, right? It's where are you on the same page with the purpose and the mission? I'm the one who told Grant, you need to be a billionaire, not because I need more things, but because I needed Grant to live up to his potential. And because I also greedily know that if I didn't put him on a big enough project, that energy that comes with a man of that magnitude, if he's not on his purpose, he's attacking me. And so greedily, I was like, no, 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 no. The target is not here. The target is there. Go hit a billion. Focus him in so in such a big direction that is equal magnitude to who he is as a, as a being, as a spiritual being, if you want to go that deep. But also, you know, once you do that, you have to go through the math in your head. If he's going to become a billionaire, how do you become a billionaire? You don't end up on the Forbes list list and you're unknown. You're like Walmart, Coca-Cola, like you have to get known in order to exchange products and services on a scale to receive a billion dollars. You will have had to put out so many products and services. You will have had to been known by more than probably a billion people. So there, so I calculated that in my head and I was willing to make the sacrifice. I wrote a book, build an empire, how to have it all. And you can have it all, but you have to be, you have to get honest and real about what you're willing to give up in order to have what you want to have. And so I was willing to give up some of that, you know, romantic watch TV handhold time, even though I love all that. And that's great because I know he needs to be on the phone and he needs to be reaching the world in order to attain that goal. And lastly, I understand that the greatest act of love that I can give somebody and, and also to receive from myself is by helping someone achieve their targets and their goals. For me, there's no better feeling that I have when I have a personal achievement of a goal that I wanted to accomplish. So if I'm going to have like, that's the best way I can show him love and vice versa. So for us, that's what makes me fall more in love with him. That's why I can be married to him for 18 years, going on 18 years, because we re-fall in love because we hit our targets and our mm. goals and we grow. And so I'm willing to sacrifice a few of those you know, those moments, which I do crave. I'm not going to lie. I want some of that. And then, the, okay, for the for real last thing I'll say, when I had another breakthrough about relationships is, you know, I was always in my head thinking about the way they're supposed to be or the way they're supposed to look. And so, and that's how I felt like as a woman, I was supposed to be this strong, independent woman. Like, where did that even come from? Like, you know, no one told me, wow, you know what? If you partnered up with someone, you can actually become double strong and double powerful and double dependent. You know, no one told me that. And look, I wrote a book that I told you, the empire book. No one's done it alone. No one's built an empire alone. It takes a, it takes a whole organization. It takes people. So, you know, shoot, I forgot the last thing. Um, oh, the thing about what I assume what it's supposed to look like. So people are always asking me work-life balance or, you know, when I start thinking about what other relationships look like, they get all this fun, you know, romantic time. I'm not talking bedroom time. That, that, that part's okay. That part's pretty <laughs> darn good. But I'm talking about, you know, I like romantic things. I like, you know, you know affection, you know, and, and Grant's not like affection person. But if I get that 
that in my head that I'm supposed to have that because they have that, then is when I get twisted in my head. And I just looked at, you know what? My life looks like this. My life looks like I have a man who I trust, a man who loves me, a man who would die for his wife and children, a man who keeps his, I look at everything, right? A man who has never let us down, would never let his investors down, his staff down. He's ethically ambitious. He's, he's amazing. I have that, but I don't have this, but I have all the other things that I wanted and want. Am I okay with that? And, and when I can say, yes, that works for me. I know that I can have it all, but I have to be willing to sacrifice certain things in order to, you know, truly get to where I want to be. I like that. So some people forget that this is what you're talking about right now, the relationship part of of life when it comes to business, it's it's tied together, right? This is this is so key. And this is why I wanted to jump into this. And so I'm I'm so happy that you brought that up. So I want to know when when you look back, like beginning of you growing and you becoming successful, you as a person. Who would empower you? Who are those people that empowered you at the beginning to, to give you that push and give you that feeling like, you know what, I can do this bigger than I thought. Let's keep going. You know, I really I hate to be like no one, um, but I don't know whether it was the way I was raised or how my mind works, because I know my mind is not normal. You know, I know, and, and, and I've, I've just gotten to the point where I've learned how to kind of accept myself and become a friend to myself. Um, but I've, I've always thought bigger than most people. I've, I've always, uh, I've learned the way I was raised was, you know, we weren't a very, like, we weren't non-emotional, but you know, I was kind of raised as a tomboy. So, you know, as a girl being a tomboy around eight, nine, 10 year old boys, 11, 12, like, like no matter what would hurt or if I got punched or, you know, hit in the head with a bat accidentally or a ball, you know, like, like I couldn't cry because I didn't want to be the girl that's crying. So I stuffed everything down. And in my family, my father fought in World War II. And, you know, so we just always, you just move forward. You just use discipline and you just keep going. Like that's the, that is in my blood, you know? So that's just kind of all I knew. And that's something that I got from my parents, I guess, whether good, bad, or indifferent. It's just, what I got. And, and, and that's why in 2008, there was no social media. There was no woman behind the man that was saying, look, here's the path. Here's everything I did wrong. Here's everything I did right. If you figure these things out, how to work together, da, 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 da. you can shave five years off of the time track, you know? And, and so I went through 10 years, 11 years, I'm still learning, but I mean, for the most part, um, it took me that time to come into terms and with myself and figure things out. And I feel like it took me longer because I didn't really have someone to, to, to mentor me and to kind of take me in under their wing. I kind of had to figure it out myself. I, I love that because part of that shows in your growth in relationship with your husband, right? You then took that on and said, Hey, you know what? This part's missing. Let me be that person that pushes let me be that person who lifts up. Let me, exactly. I, I love that. The visionary, you know, like, look, this is the big idea. Now, Grant, you go. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I and, painted and he it. Would, you he, do he, it. He would, get, he would get furious at me. He was like, ah, how come, you know, I'm the one that has to push and shove and get all this done and you just get to have the ideas and take the credit. I'm like, no, I can't really take the credit because we work really well. I have the idea and he executes. He's my triple crown. He's my triple crown. And, you know, and, and I, God love him for that because if I hadn't been partnered with the right person, I couldn't have, I, I, I just didn't have the know-how to execute on all those ideas and creations, you know? So that's, we just were very blessed in the fact that my strengths and his strengths and his weaknesses and my weaknesses fit. All right. 
So you have a large organization and you're, you're a big part of it. How, how do you keep going consistently through all of the setbacks that you have? Because you continually, I feel like you guys are on the news all the time. People are trying to throw stuff out. you bringing you down, but you keep going. I mean, look, Grant just yesterday posted that that just finally got thrown out, right? Out of, so. Oh, yes. It was a big celebration. Big celebration. Yeah, I don't know how much we can talk about that, but... You know, um, how do you keep going? How do you just go? You know, I'm going to tell you how I'm going to tell you how, because we have been, I have been gutted. Um, and I am very sensitive as strong as I am. Grant does not see me cry. Like I am not the cry weak, fall apart chick at, at every moment. Like I I really do pride myself on that. I I'm a solution oriented person. Um, but when it comes to, uh, feelings and sensitivity. Like I am very emotional, like, and internalize it. And so there have been numerous times where we have been gutted, betrayed. Um, and you know, I remember this one time in particular where, you know, I had had a whole history of hitting home runs with everything that I had said, let's do. And we did, it was a, it was Midas touch. It was golden egg. It was brilliant. So I had had this whole track, no failures. I bring to the table this one situation. This was years ago and it was the dangling carrot, but I was obsessed. I ignored all the red flags and I was like, we need to make this work. I shifted the entire purpose and, um, you know, of the organization and I shifted it over here and, and, and I put way too many time, too many eggs in one basket with the time, the energy. And the team came back to me after six months, three months was like, we need to, we need to bail out of this. This is horrible. And I was like, no, make it work. And I was like, you make this work this because I knew I had this vision of what it was supposed to be, Mm -hmm. but it didn't work. It was a massive failure. It cost us millions and millions of dollars just financially, not to talk about mentally, um, the ramifications of the people that were involved in that. It was an ugly situation, you know, blah, 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 you know, we in courts, the whole thing. Right. Yeah. So I took a gut punch from that and I wanted to quit. And I said, screw this. I am done. I am done putting myself out there. I'm done being exposed. I don't need this. And I just wanted to quit. And then, and then I thought of another thing too. I was like, I wanted to kill him you know, cause I have that Italian one. <laughs> and I was like, how could I make that happen? And then I sat back and I was like, well, that's not going to work because I can't go to jail because no one does your roots in jail. And I can't be seen like what I normally look like. I need, you know, nails. Like I'm not pretty if somebody isn't fixing me. So jail was not an option. Okay. So then I said, you know what, if I quit and if we stop, if we withhold ourselves and we prevent all the other little people just like us, you know, cause that was like a billion dollar company and a billionaire, blah, 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 blah. I was like, then the bullies win and the, the people just like us, they, they, they are going to suffer because I'm not willing to be transparent because those guys have the curtains closed. They're not letting you in. They're not telling you the secrets. And I said, no way am I going to let them win. No way. They're not going to win. I'm winning. I'm winning by flourishing and prospering. And I said, you know what? That's what we have to do. We have to flourish and prosper and bring enough of the people, the, the little, the little people just like us up to the top, you know, so that they were like, "Mm mm-hmm, how you like us now, you know, bitches. (laughs) <laughs> um, I love that. Sorry, I didn't mean to curse anything. And then, the, and then the next thing, you know, to to counter my feelings of wanting to murder people, I said, well, if we're gonna flourish and prosper, what can we do? And out of that came the birth of Grant. You need to be omnipresent. You need to be everywhere. You know, flourish and prosper. Then we came up with the idea of the licensee program. You know what? We need to scale Cardone, uh, Cardone Capital and, uh, and let all the little people in to invest on these opportunities that they would never get because the big guys don't want you in there. So then came Cardone Capital and then, and then the expansion just started to blow 
blow up. So, and then once that happens and you're winning and you're making a difference, then you genuinely, or I should say I, I genuinely don't want harm to them. My mission feels so good winning. Like when you're really winning, you don't want to hate on anyone. You just feel good. I don't hate on them. I'm not upset. I learned, I got stronger because of it. So the, the question, the answer to the long answer to your question is, you know, we take the hits and they hurt and I feel them hurt every single time. And then I decide How can I win? How can I flourish and prosper? And how can I fortify with my husband even stronger than before? Because that kills him too. Everyone's waiting for us like, oh, I can't wait to see their demise. So the happier we are and the stronger of a unit we are, you know, the better it is for everybody. All right. I like that. How did you... How did you arrive there? Because we all we all go through failures. So you're talking to mostly solopreneurs, entrepreneurs here in the podcast. And we we have to go through failures. It's just part of life, right? Some of us are able to rebound quicker and some of us don't, right? How how is it that you do it? from your past failures like is there a process that you go through do you surround yourself with people that can help you do that do you do that is it you talking more to people that are close to you any Mm-mm. anything no, no no i don't talk to a lot of people i seek my own counsel uh, i understand that people around me aren't going through the same experiences i am it's hard to to talk to other people that are in similar circumstances that I would go to for advice because most people don't have my reality. They're trying to give me advice from their reality, which is very different than how my reality looks. And they might just be trying to protect me based on their experiences, but isn't uh, the best for my survival. Mm. Um, So I rarely seek uh, advice from others. Um, What I do is I... I, I'm going to tell you the honest to God's truth. I feel like an immense amount of like, sometimes it's like depression or sadness or like ache in my heart. And it, it is consuming and it is there. And then I, I understand that every person at the top has gone through this. And this is part of the deal. I am winning. I'm taking risk at life. You know, you're going to get hit the bigger that you are. And these are all signs of success. So take it on the chin and be willing to stand back up. And what I do is I will make a list of a hundred things, depending on the severity of the depression. And it can be from drink a gallon of water a day, take vitamins, go for a walk, spend 15 minutes, you know, 20 minutes with the kids playing a hide and seek. I mean, literally that's how simple and mundane the list is, but I make my self-accomplish as many or all of the activities on the list because production is the basis of morale. And the more you get out of your head and out of those feelings and unstuck and put your attention out, look at things, see the world. It gets you out of your head and stop seeing what's in your head and all the, you know, see, look, what are the colors? What are the colors of the eyes? You know, talk to people, engage, say hello, make a phone call, water the, the, the flowers, do actions, 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 pull you out of the of the stuckness, get your pipeline so full of other opportunities and other actions that you don't have time to look at that. You're too busy doing other things that are productive, that are going to pull you out of the muck. That's how I do it every single time. But I don't do it after the feelings have gone away. They don't go away until I make them go away by producing production. How important is you getting over that having other things that are working in your life because you have so many things that you're doing, right? You have a failure over here. You can get over it quicker because you have so much, like you said, going on. Right. How important is that, that you gravitate to something like that? Because I find that a lot of these solopreneurs, entrepreneurs have this one thing that they're betting on. It doesn't go right. And then now they just, they can't recover. Right. I have a lot of symbiotic activities that all feed into the thing. So if the one thing doesn't pan out, I have other options that were similar that can weave into it. So it's not like going off in all different directions with completely unrelated 
um, aspects of things. Um, but it's very important to have a lot going on and, um, you know, and the vision and the vision, like be open. Like I am looking all of the time for opportunity. Like it's the gold digger thing. I'm looking, I'm digging through dirt, looking for the opportunity. When I go to a party, I am looking for the person that I need to know in the room. Who can I make a connection with? Who can help me? How can I help them? How can we collaborate? Like in this part of my life, I'm looking for collaboration. So I'm everything is intentional. Like, and I don't care if someone thinks I'm opportunistic or you're a user or whatever. Like if I'm going to a party, and, and there is a reason I don't have time for a whole lot of loaf time. Like loaf time makes me tired. I'm trying to hit 7 billion people on the planet. I want them to know who we are and exchange with our products and services because a, I want them to make a difference for the better in their life by our materials. They need to be winning with our materials. And because I have these goals, if I'm going to hit a billion, which is just a number, it's just a target. It's just a goal. It's just a Super Bowl ring if you will. Um, then I know that I have, I, I, there's not a whole lot of waste time. There's intentional time. So, um, it's very important to, to, to constantly be looking at things from other angles and, and, and be not miss the opportunities because you're so narrowly stuck in your one way. That's a very good answer. I love that. So let's get into family now, because I know family is extremely important to yes. to you how do you keep because there's no you and i know there's just no balance in this world right right how do you keep your family together so that they're part of this whole journey so that they fall into this as you're growing instead of falling out how do you do that well i've indoctrinated them since they were very young like this is team cardone since they were one two years old this is team cardone team cardone we make a difference for the better on this planet we want to help people we want to reach people we want people to know who we are and win from our products and services so they understand the mission they understand what it means to be team cardone and then how can you participate at that at two years old and i talked to them at two years old like this and i would say look mommy and Papa are superheroes and we're helping the planet. And sometimes that means we have to be away from you. And your job, if you so choose to be a, like an active participating member of Team Cardone, is you have to guard the fort. You have to guard the house and make sure everybody's protected and the home stays safe. And that's your job. And when you do that, you're helping people just as much as we are because we're not distracted by you and we can focus on them. Do you want to be a part of that? Yes. What other role do you want to take? So then they're pushing us out of the door rather than being left. You see the difference? One is an active participating role and one is you don't care about us, you're leaving us. It's just a matter of indoctrination, including them, allowing them to exchange and participate. The kids speak at the growth conferences and all of our seminars and they dance on stage and entertain people and welcome them. Hello. And they do 10X kids because they want to be an exchange. They like what Grant and I are doing. They want to be a part of it. They want to contribute. It's not like they'll be in trouble if they don't. I mean, certainly not. But, you know, I think, I think it, most kids, children, people of the planet, you know, if there's an opportunity to help, you want to help. I mean, that feels good. So allowing them to be a part of the journey with us includes being you know, an active participating member. My role's not more important than their role. I couldn't do my role if they weren't supporting me, if they were uh, an anchor holding me back. You know, I, did, I, just, I just decided to partner up with EXP Realty and become a realtor. I'm gonna give you a great example. The kids are nine and 11 now. Okay. And I said, hey, you know, I have this opportunity. I wanna go do this goal. I've, I, I, I'm an empire builder. That's what I do. I've done it for your father. And, and now I, my legacy, in addition to helping and continuing to support everything that Grant is doing for everyone, because I know when I do that, those people benefit. But for my own personal legacy, I want to prove to myself that I can help build the empires of all these thousands of people. Now I found the vehicle with 10X Realty and I become a realtor in 28 days. 
It's very difficult. This test was not easy. But I went to my husband and I went to the children and I said, look, this is something I want to do. You know, for me, I think the greatest act is helping someone achieve their goals. And I would ask you to consider looking at how do I help you achieve your goals and how does that make you feel? Well, for the next 28 days, I'm going to not be your mother. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I am, but I'm not going to be there as much. And Grant, you definitely don't have a wife. And I need to wake up at, you know, 530 in the morning and study all day long. But after that, I will be back on post, you know, like in my position as and uh, my job. But for 28 days or 30 days, will you help me to achieve this target? Because I want to complete my uh, growth con, the, the last growth con that we had here in Miami. And they were on board because they want to help me because that's how we are as a family. We want to help each other achieve their dreams. So I became a realtor in 28 days. Now I'm building the largest, most massive real estate team in the world. And it feels good because I'm, I get to live out my legacy now for the next part of my life and journey. I get to prove it. You know, it's, it's just such a big passion for me. Like I get to, I found my vehicle to, to really shine in the role that I do best, which is supporting. I am a support. I am a, I am a black belt supporting team member. Definition of support, willing to bear the weight of. And number two, definition of support. There's multiple, but these are my only favorite two. Number two, showing active interest in the success of showing active interest in the success of is the definition of support. And that is my strength. That is my superpower. And now I have found the vehicle to where I can be that for the woman behind the thousands, hopefully millions. That's a, that's a great answer. You know what I, I took from that, Elena, is your ability to bring in your family, you're, you're being inclusive. And I think this can relate to anybody listening in, whether you're, you're in a relationship, you have family, you're running a team, you're running a massive business. The more you have those people that are with you that are close, the more you can allow them to be included into what you're doing, the more buy-in they have. And the less feeling they have of saying, oh, that's, that's them. And then they have start having this feeling that they don't like what you're doing. The resentment. You did that. That was so beautifully said that that is so key to successes everywhere that you bring in everybody, family, like kids, right? Um, husband, wife, your team members, they have to understand what you're trying to do. And if you're not vocal about it, like you are, how the hell are they going to know? Right. Million percent. So that was awesome. Thank you for that. I took notes on that one. Oh, that's awesome. That was really good. All right. Let's let's talk about how you continually have the motivation to push and grow besides it being built into you, because I see it now like this is you, right? You continually. I'm assuming you wake up in the morning. You're like, go, 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 go. Million percent. How how do you keep that? alive because i'm assuming some days it's it's tough like as an entrepreneur there are some days i'm like oh my gosh like right the weight bears on you yeah well the number one thing is is i definitely do not rely on motivation because i know myself i've i've been studying myself for a long enough time now i do not have motivation I was not blessed with the one, like the motivated chick. Like I am not motivated. Like most of the time, my answer wants to be no, no, whatever it is, no, you know, but what I rely on is discipline. Uh, Like I said earlier, I just do it anyway. But the thing that makes me have the discipline to do it in spite of not having the motivation is that I am deeply connected to my purpose you know, and my purpose has changed and it has evolved. In 2008, my purpose was not about other people. My purpose was how do we survive? How do we not lose it all? And that was it. That was the only purpose that drove me for the next five, 10 years. It's the purpose that got me out of my head thinking I had to do it all to being willing to really look 
and be honest and real with myself in order to make a change. It came out of that purpose. It wasn't some glorious, grand, noble purpose. It was, how do I not die? You know, uh, how do we survive? That's now, very real. That's very to, real. To, what? That's very real. I'm saying that. Very you're real. You're talking like, to everybody. That's what I say. Like, you don't have to have this, this noble purpose, but what is your purpose? You see, in 2021 now, I have several purposes. I want to restore the value of the relationships to society. I feel like the, the couple and the family has been made uncool, broken down, ball and chain, made to be like not set up for the what it can be. And and I want to break that mold. I want to show, uh, yeah, you know what? Relationships are hard. I'm not going to lie. You know, you're dealing with somebody else and their ideas and you got to figure it out. But with the right figuring out that you can hit a heightened level of success that you can't do on your own because you cap out on your own. Everybody does. It's just rock bottom facts. And if you partner up with somebody, that's the reason. So to, to hit the heightened level of success is the only reason you know, that I am with Grant Cardone. Of course there is love. The love continues to be there and is made stronger. It's not this fairy book thing that once it's there, it stays there. It has to be continuously created, right? So that's one area. I want to restore the couple thing. I want to make families cool again and relationships cool so that people can understand them. I want to revive the value of women in society. I want women to take ownership and pride that they're, you know, they don't have to say, I'm just a mom, you know, or I'm just a wife or I'm just a anything just, you know, like how can you become an asset to yourself and go out and take responsibility and pass it forward and, and, and make a difference being the beautiful, powerful, strong woman that you are. So there's that, you know, and then there's the, the whole financial freedom, you know, the, the being the support behind grant, because I want other people to have the knowledge to, and the path to financial freedom that is right there, but we've been indoctrinated by the wrong information. And there, the, those are really the three things on the forefront of my mind. Another purpose, <laughs> the last but not least is, you know, I, I am determined to, 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 to carry the flag. I should carry the flag here, the 10X flag. You know, I want to, <laughs> I want to put the stake in the ground. You know, I have been underestimated. I am not supposed to be where I am. I'm, I'm a girl from New Orleans that never went to college. I was like punk rock chick, you know, I, I just, I was not a middle-class background. We weren't supposed to be flying private and having jets and helicopters and staying anywhere that we wanted in the world, but, but we did it. And it's not just about that. It's about everything that has come along with it. All of the rights and, and, and avoiding the wrongs that got us to where we are. And so I wake up every morning disciplined because if there is a chance that I can change the trajectory of someone who was sitting in my shoes in 2008 when I didn't have social media or some, you know, woman behind a multi-billion dollar empire saying this is how we did it. If I can help that person in my shoes, all the other little, the little people of the world, fast track their way to success, then I owe that to not only myself and paying it forward, but I owe it to them. I owe it to, to, to the world to, to exchange my greatness and make a difference before I die and to make my life worth living, you know? Yeah, I love I that. I feel like I have to exchange my, my keep here on this beautiful planet by contributing and and, in, and intentionally trying to make it a better place than when I arrived. You know, that's philosophical going back to the Roman times. Uh, Marcus Aurelius, um, uh, a Stoic, always says that, like uh, the basics of existence comes down to you being the best version of yourself so you can give back to those around you. And you just, you just said that. So that's awesome. Elena, I love that. Thank you. Let's continue on that path here. We've got a few minutes. We've got about 10 minutes, but I want to I want to talk a little bit more about how you help your children grow so that they can become better versions of themselves. Because look, I'm a dad. I'm I'm involved with my kids daily on with their mind, with their actions, right? And I think it's extremely important for me to 
to raise two kids that are going to be the best version of themselves out there, right? How, how are you doing that on a daily, weekly, however it is that you're doing it? How are you making sure that that's happening? Well, that's so, I could, I could talk an hour on this, but you know, it's with being respectful. You know, I respect that these are, you know, beings that just happen to be trapped in little kid bodies. Um, they do have to earn adult rights, but I treat them with a tremendous amount of respect. And I grant them a lot of uh, beingness to have their own intelligence and decision-making with as much as I possibly can. And I try to, you know, explain things to them, you know, this is why, and this is whatever. And within the parameter of my, my circle, you have the freedom to do whatever and whatever. Look, your toys or your toys, you want to destroy them. You want to break them, you know, your clothes, you want to spill ice cream and get dirty, do it, go for it. You're a kid. You're not always going to have that. You know, I told them the uniforms are mine. You can't, when they went to school, you can't write on the uniforms, you know, but everything else is yours. So they get a sense of ownership. You want to share your toys. You don't want to share your toys. You know what? I put myself in their situation. Parents are always like, you have to share. And I do. I try to tell them, you know, sharing is caring and all, all that stuff. But I don't want to share my stuff. If, if my girlfriends come over to my house and they're like, oh, let me borrow your shoes or let me take your car for a drive. I might be like, whoa, wait, whoa. You know, like, you know, I, I don't, you know, but yet we expect it of our kids. So I say, look, here's the circle. Here's all your freedoms. Fine, go play. Here's the outside of the parameter. And if you go outside of the parameter and you break those rules, you can, you have a choice, but here's the consequences. X, Y, and Z, or X or whatever. Uh, and you can do it. And I'm not even going to be mad at you, but those are the consequences. And I'm going to stick to my word on that. And they know, and they believe me because I stick to my word. Another thing is, is like, I don't believe in, you know, I was brought up, you know, we were, you know, I don't, maybe it was the era, but people were hit back then by the teachers, by our parents, you know, that, did not help me. Okay. That I don't want to raise my children to be afraid and to be scared and to be intimidated. And like, I don't want to teach them to then act out and hit others because that's, what's powerful. So we don't hit. I, I, I just, I don't believe in hitting our children. It's not a fair fight. I don't want a man to fight with me. Uh, I don't want to fight with my children. It's not a fair fight. So they've never been, you know, degraded in that manner as well. And then, you know, the, our philosophies are very different. You know, so, uh, most parents teach their children to be careful and to not talk to strangers. And we teach just the opposite. Uh, you know, our job as parents are to make the environment safe so that my kids can go talk to strangers. Because when you're in life and you're an entrepreneur, guess who you have to talk to? You have to talk to people. People have everything you want. People, it's people. You know, how do you exchange your products and services? You need to talk to people. So I don't want them to grow up being afraid of people. I want them to be brought up with awareness. So, you know, the be careful, the nannies that are in the house or anything, like they're not allowed to say, be careful, be careful. What we would say, well, of course, I'm not going to have a knife on a table with a two-year-old. Like, it's my job to make the environment safe. But I would say, you see this edge right here? Look, look at it, feel it. You see it? That's an edge. You don't want to run into that. You don't want to, you know. So look, look at your space rather than be careful, which is a mindset of going in and being introverted and like being afraid of everything. It's what are you willing to see Look, and then you'd be amazed at how responsible kids can be for themselves when they look and they're made aware and then they can explore. And, you know, and then the other thing is indoctrinating them on the team Cardone and, and then also putting myself um, in a situation where I, I try to understand where they're coming from. They're, they're children. They've, they don't know the rules of society. They don't know what's right, what's wrong, what's, you know, politically acceptable and not. And, you know, so I don't make them wrong when they make flubs or mistakes. You know, I indoctrinate them. You know, if there was a spilled glass and it shattered and they were terrified and on the verge of crying, which I don't know why, because they've never been punished. 
There's been consequences, but not like that. And I would say, hey, you knocked a glass over, you know, and I would just explain, hey, it's okay. Let's get you safe. Let's get, you know, the glass cleaned up, put some shoes on. And I would just say, hey, you're a five-year-old. You're still working the coordination with your body. That's going to get better as you get older. Don't give up on yourself and don't get upset. This is all part of growing. Congratulations, you know. And then it makes them less fearful of, I can't break the glass. I'm going to get afraid. I remember when Scarlett, who's this talented artist in our family, she was like two or three and she drew all over the wall and painted this thing. And I could see other parents flipping out over that. Right. And I was like, oh, my gosh, Scarlett. And, I, and I'm not perfect. And I do make mistakes and I do have mom guilt. But I'm, I'm telling you the good parts. Right. But I was like, oh my gosh, Scarlett, this is magnificent. You're an artist, clearly. This is gorgeous. And she's all proud of herself, you know? And I'm like, but here's the deal. This art, art goes on paper and then you sign it and we frame it and we hang it on the wall so we can have it forever. Now I have to paint the wall and I lose it. So we don't paint on walls. We paint on paper and you sign them and we frame them for the wall. Does that sound like a good idea? A plan? Can I have your art forever? Will you not write on the wall? You know, at three years old, and then the kid is like, wow, I'm an artist. I can do anything. This is great. You know, yeah. and it's not like, oh my God, you know, I've scarred her for life. She was an artist who now doesn't want to art because art is like, ah, I was made wrong and I'm horrible. You know what I'm saying? These things you know, take a toll. So that's how we kind of raise our children in, in a nutshell. Well, I love that. Keep the environment safe. I want to transition that part into into adults and into you. How do you keep your environment safe so that you can continue to grow? Well, that's a yes, it's very important. And I definitely cover that too. protecting the environment is very important because empires are destroyed from within. You know, it's very easy when I know who my enemy is, I can plan for them, I can study them, I know the line of attack they're going to take, whatnot. But when it's within the organization is when it can really blow up because they have access to your your friends, your family, your connections, everything, you know, they can cause the most damage. So how do we protect and keep the environment safe? Well, um, you know, we, we, we try to surround ourselves with like-minded individuals who are ethical, who share our core values. I'm willing to see and not uh, ignore red flags, um, you know, and, and, and it's come over time and it's, it's being strong enough to put distance between people, you know, that have been entitled to you, but now you have to create distance and how do I keep the environment safe? I don't allow drugs and excessive alcohol in my environment. You know, I'm drug free. I mean, I've been drug free since 2000. Like I, I, I have zero tolerance for drugs, but also with excessive alcohol, you know, like we can have a, a champagne, but like, I don't want excessive. So, and it's, and it's, and it's just really staying disciplined and focused around like what's acceptable and what's allowed in and, you know, um, and, and, and the standard of people that I want around me, you know, um, ethical people that are, are, going toward a goal and a purpose in life. Um, so that's how we protect our environment to keep us motivated and excited. All right. And with, with your organization and with you, what are you excited about next? Like what's next for you that's going to get you to that next level of, of success? You touched on it a little bit with real estate, but what's next? Yes. So, so, I mean, there's, I mean, I have, we have multiple companies. I could break down each one, but you know, my next, my next success is, you know, of course I want to be, I want to be a mother that reared two competent, happy, productive members of contributing members of society. If they turn out, you know, doing that, then I achieve that role. So that's something I'm looking forward to continuing to be the woman behind this empire that grows Cardone capital. We're at 10,000 units. I want, I want to be at 50,000 units. Um, so we're, we're about to buy a portfolio now that'll add on to the chunkage. And so that really excites me with the EXP, like, like 
I've never done anything like that before. So I am really on fire about that because this is my legacy move. It's my legacy move. I mean, it's our legacy move. I don't want to exclude Grant, but it's really my passion project to be the woman behind all these other people. And then to then go over and also be able to walk the walk by not only building and supporting the team, which which I feel will be kind of fairly easy. It will require a lot of work, but, but easy in terms of I've kind of done that before and I know the model. But the other thing is, is now I want to go and develop and build a whole luxury high-end real estate uh, brand where I'm actually doing it. You know, so I actually have reality when I'm building and sharing. So I'm doing these two brand new things for me for the first time ever. And it's a big enough goal and a big enough job that I am just like, man, I am, I am, my wheels are churning. I am excited. I'm like, I'm riveted. Can I do it? I love, I love putting myself in a high pressurized situation because as much as I hate it, I love it because as we all know, the diamonds come from pressure. So, you know, I just want to see if I can do it. Can this little girl from Louisiana, can she do it again? Can she do it again? Can she do it? You know, so it's exciting. And that's, and that's the drive behind you. That's, yeah, that's super cool to see. Just never thought I could or would do something like that. But now here I am like, okay, let's begin. (laughs) I think, I think that's a consistent theme. Let's, Let's get this going. Yeah. Just take the actions. I know that all I need to do is just take the actions and just keep moving forward. And before I know it, I'm a lot further ahead than I was before I started. That's so true. It reminds me of of a quote from Iron Man of everything. Tony Stark said, sometimes you've got to run before you walk. Yes, I believe that. Totally. Yeah. So very reminiscent of that. Elena, thank you so much for your time. This was super fun and super insightful, motivating and inspirational and just excited to see where you go next. So thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks for having me on the show. You're amazing. I love, well, so are you. You're very empowering. Uh, I like that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I texted uh, Vanessa because that's our mutual friend. And I go, hey, I just became an Elena fan, by the way. So. Oh, I love it. Thank you. Well, I've always been a Tristan fan. (laughs) Well, thanks. Thanks, Linda. (laughs) Thank you so much. Those are all the brilliant thoughts that we have for you today. If you like what you're hearing, drop us a review or just tell your friends. This has been a success podcast. Head to success.com slash podcast to hear more just like it.